Very good. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 103. We're going to continue in our year-long series on Psalms, Strength for Everyday Living. And we're going to kick off a, a new chapter that we're going to look at today, Psalms 103. If you're alive and you're awake and you're redeemed, let me hear an amen. amen. So we're going to go in Psalm 103 for the next few uh, weeks, and we're going to start off with this verse of Scripture, Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me, praise your holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Today we're going to talk about, we're going to begin to unpack some of the benefits that are available to us as believers. And in Psalm 103, it kicks off by saying the phrase, praise the Lord, O my soul. I want to take just a couple minutes about uh, and, and talk to you about the power of worship and the power of praise. You see, when you live a life of worship, when you live a life of praise, that gives you the ability to see the benefits that God has for you. You show me somebody who worships. Now, by the way, I'm not talking about just, just singing a few songs on Sunday morning. That's not really going to cut it. That's not really the level that I'm talking about here today. I'm talking about a, a, a man, a woman, who lives a life of worship and praise. When you tap into that power, it gives you the ability to see the benefits that God has for you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless your holy name. See, he's speaking to his soul. And he's making sure that his soul understands that in order for you to tap into all the benefits that God has for you, you first have to worship. A worshiper has the ability to tap into an understanding of who God is and what God can do for you. If you don't worship, if you don't live a life of praise, if you're not continually forcing your body to line up with the Word of God and become a worshiper, then you will miss out on what God has for you. I believe that many Christians miss out on all that God has for them because they have not developed the habit and the heart of a true worshiper. You can miss out on what God has for you if you don't train yourself to worship. Worship is an act of faith. Worship is the ability, watch this, of, 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 of not focusing on the natural, but lifting your eyes and lifting your heart and lifting your spirit to see the supernatural that God has for you. And there are benefits that we miss because we don't live a life of worship. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name and forget not all his benefits. Watch this, church. The closer you get, the more you see. When you tap into a life of worship, that exposes you to all who God is and all that God can offer you. If the enemy can keep you from worshiping, he will keep you from tapping into all that God has for you. You show me a worshiper, and I'll show you someone who sees all the benefits that God has for you. So the writer here, David, a worshiper, by the way, says to Pinecastle, Pinecastle, 
worship. Praise the Lord. Tap into that power that's available because when you tap into that power, you begin to see things that other people don't see. I found that worshipers tap into the impossible because they force themselves to move from the natural to the supernatural. And they begin to see things that other people don't see. There is a benefit package waiting for you. And the way you access that package is by worship. Forget not all the benefits that he has for you. And when you and I begin to live a life of worship, we begin to tap into all that God has for us. Are you all with me this morning? Worship helps you remember what God has done for you and what God will do for you. When you tap into praise and worship, it reminds you of what God has. And by the way, is there anyone here today that God has done some incredible things in your past? Can I see your hands? And his faithfulness is so great that worship reminds you of what he's done, but it gives you the faith to believe for what God can do. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all this within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There's more for you today. You've tapped into an awful lot. God has been good. God has been faithful. There is more for you today. It's called a benefit package. Many of you that are employed or were employed or are still employed, how many of you know how important a benefit package is? Three of you. How, how many know how important a benefit package is? You've got a salary and the salary's good. But many times the benefit package is extraordinary. You get your 401k. You get your car allowance. You get your reimbursements. You get your expenditures. And all these things begin to add up. It's called a beautiful benefit package. I'm afraid that many believers have simply settled for a salary. And they haven't tapped into the benefits that are available through Jesus Christ. There's more for you. Don't be content with just a salary. There's a benefit package that is available for you today. And if you begin to live a life of worship, the closer you get, the more you see, and God begins to reveal to you all that he has for you. And it's accessed when you live a life of worship. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all this within me, bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There's more for you today. And I want you to tap into that. So the next couple of weeks, we're going to look into all the benefits that God has for us. The first benefit today is a powerful benefit. In Psalm 103, the first benefit that he lists to believers is that when you live a life of worship and you access into this benefit package, the first beautiful benefit that is available for you and I is this, that God forgives our sins. That's a pretty good benefit, isn't it? How many of you are here today and, and, and you've been forgiven of sin? Can I see your hand? See, the writer here says, don't forget it. One of the greatest benefits that God has for us through Jesus Christ is the ability of having our sins forgiven. Because of the blood of Christ, our iniquities, our failures, our missteps, our mistakes, our sins have been forgiven. And the Bible says he who's been forgiven much does what? Loves much. You've been forgiven today. You've been free today. That's an incredible benefit that we need to not overlook. We don't need to forget the fact that Christ has redeemed us. We just sang about that. The choir led us in a beautiful time of worship. You've been redeemed. Your sins are forgiven. That's an incredible benefit. 
Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all those with me, bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And don't forget that God has forgiven your sins. It's an incredible benefit that's available to us today. We don't have time to go there, but in John chapter 8, incredible story of how God shows to us the power of his forgiveness. It's kind of a crazy story. Jerry Springer would love it. A woman is committing adultery with another man. Boy, that got your attention. There's a guy in the back. He was sleeping. When I said adultery, man, he popped up and he's awake and he's alive. I'm glad you're with us today. Thank you for being with us today at Pine Castle. A woman and a man are in the middle of committing adultery. And the religious leaders are peeping in the window watching. That's what religion does. Religion waits for the perfect opportunity. And it peeps in a window watching. And with one eye on the adultery, they've got another hand on a stone. We're not going to talk today about why they're looking in the window, watching two people commit adultery. We're going to talk more about why they feel they have the, the right and the privilege of picking up a stone to throw at someone who they've just watched commit adultery. They gather around. They summons their friends. And before you know it, 15, 20, 25, 30, 100 people are watching with stones in their hands. It gets worse. You think it's bad just to watch someone commit adultery and it's bad to have a stone to begin to throw at them. They do something even worse. They, 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 they stop in the middle of this act and they bring the woman out in town square. Put it on Facebook. Post it. And get tens and tens of millions of viewers. And they bring her to the town square and they encounter Jesus. I think it's interesting to find out and research where this took place. It took place at the Mount of Olives. The place of anointing. The olive is symbolic of of a beautiful fruit that when pressed produces oil, which is symbolic of the power of the Holy Spirit and his anointing to confront religious people that are looking in a window watching someone commit adultery with a stone in their hand. They confront now the anointed one, Jesus, who's going to rock their world. I want you to notice in the story that they don't bring the man to the town square. They only bring the woman. It's interesting. Last time I checked, it takes two to commit adultery. They only bring the woman out. And they're filled with pride. 
Their hands are filled with stones and their hearts are filled with pride. See, that's what religion does. I found somebody who's worse than me. So let's bring them out and expose them so I can feel good about myself. See, you have too much time on your hand if you're looking to somebody else to make you feel better about yourself. Drop the stone. Quit peeping in other people's windows. And focus on yourself. That's what most people do. They, 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 they try to find somebody who's worse than them so they can feel better about themselves. And they're so proud. They're, they're, they're stone, their hands are filled with stones and their hearts are filled with pride. We found somebody who sinned. So we feel good about who we are. And then we go on sinning. What are we going to do about this, Jesus? And I love what, the, I love what John chapter 8 says. Jesus, when confronted with this story, anointed as he is, he simply addresses this, this incredibly complex situation with simplicity. You know what he does? The Bible says he gets down on his knees and he, and he takes his finger. Everybody, everybody stick your finger out just for a second. He uses his finger... What most people use to point at other people, he uses now his finger to begin to communicate with anointing this complex situation. And the Bible says he writes in the sand with his finger. Where did he get that from? Where did he learn to take this complex situation and begin to address it with such Simplicity. He learned to write with his finger from his father, God. We don't have time to go there, but in Deuteronomy chapter 9, the Bible says that with his finger, everyone put your finger up, God wrote the law and gave it to Moses. So somehow, some way, the DNA of God the Father was transferred to God the Son. And Jesus remembered, God wrote the law with his finger. I'm going to be like Dad. I'm going to be like my father. The DNA in God the Father is the same DNA that is in God the Son. So now the Son does what the Father did. And he uses his, what? Finger. To write in the sand. You want to know what he wrote? He didn't write the law. Because Jesus came. To redeem us from the law. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. When Jesus knelt down in the sand to write with his finger, the Bible doesn't say what he wrote. But I know what he wrote. You know what he wrote. He wrote grace. The opposite of the law. Grace. Forgiveness. You and I can tap into a benefit that has been made available through Jesus Christ and it's called amazing grace. And Jesus knelt down in the middle of this Jerry Springer moment and he wrote grace. It's a benefit. It's been given to you. Pine Castle, don't forget the benefit of grace. It's free 
and it's amazing. And the religious leaders now, one by one, with their hearts filled with pride and their hands filled with stones, they begin to drop their stones when Jesus said, This is about grace, it's about forgiveness, it's about mercy. And they wanted nothing to do with mercy and grace and forgiveness. Jesus said, if you're without sin, cast the first stone. And one by one, they dropped their stones. And now, this woman who was once an adulterer is now one-on-one with the anointed one. And whatever she was trying to fill by committing adultery with another man, she is now one-on-one with the anointed one. Incredible. Just a few minutes ago, she was with a man, and now she's with the forgiver, the anointed one, Jesus. And he simply asked her a simple question. Where are the people that are condemning you? Interesting word, condemn. Condemnation. It means to to, to give a, a judgment of guilt. Jesus was saying with with sand still on his knees and some sand still on his finger and the word grace written in the clay of that town square, where are your condemners? And she said, they're all gone. And Jesus so beautifully said to that woman, and he says it to you today, neither do I condemn you. I don't condemn you. I'm not declaring a judgment on you that you're guilty. You're free. Look, it's in your employee manual. It's a benefit. Don't ever forget it. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let all those with me bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I doubt that that woman ever forgot that encounter. That moment was etched in her spirit. That Jesus, the anointed one in the Mount of Olives, would swoop down and step down and kneel down and write with his finger, grace, you're forgiven, you're free, it's a benefit, don't ever forget it. And from that moment on, that woman, every time she worshipped, she was reminded of God's amazing grace. It's a benefit. Don't forget it. Remember it. Chances are you've had that same encounter with Jesus, the anointed one. You may not have been committing adultery, but maybe you were a liar. Maybe you were full of pride. Maybe you were full of yourself. In some moment, God encountered you in your sin, and he knelt down and he wrote grace over you, and you were forgiven. Do you remember the time you were forgiven? Do you remember the time you accepted Christ? Do you remember the time that that, that, that you encountered the anointed one in the sands of Mount Olive, and you were forgiven, you were free? What a beautiful encounter. Don't forget it. You are forgiven. The choir just sang it. You are redeemed. The price has been paid. 
You don't have to earn it. You don't have to try to work up for it. You've been forgiven. You've been free, and you're free. Live like it. Don't forget the benefit of forgiveness, the power of God redeeming you from your sin. Are you all with me this morning? We don't have time today. We've got to go. But for the next few minutes, I'm going to give you just a couple points here, and we're going to, we're going to wrap it up. Five warning signs that you lived a condemned life. See, Jesus said, where are those that condemn you? And she says, they're all gone. And then Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Watch this. Go and sin no more. You ever heard that? Yeah. I try to say that about every week. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail, but, 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 but when I first got here a couple years ago, there, there, was, there, there was somebody who didn't like the fact that at the end of the service, I would say, go and sin no more. Yeah, I got an email. I didn't delete it like my dad did. I, 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 I confronted it. I mean, she wanted me to say, you know, now may the Lord bless you. And I do that too, but I, I like saying, go and sin no more. The first reason I like it is because God, Jesus said it. I think it's good enough, Jesus said it, it's good enough for me to say it. But for whatever reason, this person that valued religion didn't think it was holy enough. And I got the email. And I didn't pass, I didn't give it to D to respond, I responded. And I said, if it was good enough for Jesus to say, it's good enough for me to say. Go and sin no more. You're not condemned. You're not guilty. You've been free. You were caught in the act, but I write grace and mercy to you. You're forgiven. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You know, the enemy condemns us all the time. But he's not the only one who condemns. You know who else condemns? Other people condemn us. That's why I'm continually saying to you as a church and believers, be careful who you surround yourself with. Because there's some of you here today that you have condemners, and yes, it is the enemy, and he does condemn, and it's there in your notes. I've listed out ways that he condemns us. But you know what? You've got people in your life that condemn you. There's somebody here today, you've got kids that are condemning you. You're not good enough. They remind you of the past. They remind you of what you did. They remind you of what you said. They remind you of, of how you acted. They remind you, and they're holding it against you. You know what that is? They are condemning you. Satan is not the only one that condemns. We have people in our life that condemn us, and we receive that. And it's just as effective. The enemy can condemn you and, 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 and sentence you guilty, but so can other people. But you know who the biggest condemner is? I saw Lori go like this, and you're right, Lori, yeah, ourselves. We condemn ourselves. We don't forgive ourselves. We, 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 we don't allow ourselves to tap into that grace that was written in the sand, and we condemn ourselves. I'm not good enough. Look what I did. Look at my past. Look at my mistakes. Look at my failures. And we condemn ourselves. One of the greatest benefits that is made available through Jesus Christ is that you are free. You are not guilty. The judgment is mercy and forgiveness, not guilt. And yet there's people in this room today and there's people watching online today that although you've been forgiven and you're free, you're living a life of condemnation. Now, I don't understand this. I can only just talk candidly. I don't know how and why, but as I was preparing for this and studying for this, I saw an image. I saw a picture. I saw a painting. I saw a movie. And it was a person that was in the ocean. They were in the water. And they were drowning they were struggling. They were laboring. 
They were fighting for their life, literally. And there was provision available. There was a boat. There was a a hand extended. There was a life raft. There was a float that was available. And yet this person was was struggling and, and their arms were just waving back and forth. And they were struggling and they were trying to get free. And in this movie, in this picture, in this image that I saw... This person was holding weights that were holding them back and holding them under and preventing them from getting free. If you think about that picture, that movie, that image, all this person had to do was let go of the weights that were holding them down. Just let go. He's right there. He's available. He can help you. But people that are struggling and drowning and just surviving and just getting by because they're holding on to the very things that are holding them back. And they're condemned. They're condemning themselves by holding on to those weights. There's something holding you back today. And I can't make you let go. There's help available. You can be rescued. You can float again. You can swim again. You can become the person that God wants you to be and not live a life of condemnation. But if you're holding on to the very weights that are holding you under, you're going to live a life of condemnation, a life of guilt, a life of judgment when you don't have to live like that. You can be free. Where are your condemners? Where are those that condemn you? They're gone. Then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. But I'm telling you in the spirit, I'm telling you, I know that there are people here today that have been holding on to sins and mistakes and failures and that are holding you back from becoming the person that God wants you to be. And so I would ask you today, how's it working for you? Working out pretty good? Holding on to those things that, 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 that are holding you back? Sins? Mistakes? Words that you said? An abortion that you had? A divorce that you went through? A bankruptcy that keeps lingering? A failure? A poor choice? Whatever it is, God kneels down through the power of the Holy Spirit and writes before your eyes grace. You're forgiven. You're free. Go and sin no more. You know what can happen today? For that weight you've been holding on to that nobody knows, I'm sensing that there's like something that literally no one knows but you. And it's holding you back. You can't get free until you release the weight that's holding you. And when you do, you will experience what that woman in John chapter 8 experienced. Freedom, liberty, forgiveness, and you'll live a life of worship like you've never experienced because you can fully say, I've been redeemed, I'm free, I'm not forgetting the greatest benefit that God offers us.
the ability to have your sins forgiven and walk in freedom and liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. And that's available today to you and to me through Jesus Christ. Bless the Lord, all my soul. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives our iniquities. Available for us today. It's called grace. It's called amazing grace. Now, if you're here today watching online, if you're here today in this auditorium, in the balcony, on the lower level, if you never, ever accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today would be a beautiful day for you to say, I'm guilty. You caught me. It's true. I was in the act. And here I am. Jesus says, amazing grace. It's available for you today. If you've never, ever accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you want to do that today, I'm going to give you that chance right now. Stand up if you want to be free. Thank you, sir. Stand up. Thank you, ma'am. Stand up. You can be free. Where are your condemners? They're gone. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You can be free today. Anybody? All right. What about the people that are still holding on, still hanging on, that little weight that always kind of pops up in the back of your mind, that, 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 that spirit of condemnation that reminds you of how bad, what you did, what you said, how you acted. You can be free and liberated today. As Jesus kneels down in the sand and says, I forgive you. Grace is available for you. If you're here today, I don't know. It doesn't matter if no one stands or all. It doesn't matter. It matters for you. Thank you, sir. If you're here today and there's a there, there's just a, a little bit of condemnation that you speak over yourself or others speak over you or the enemy speaks over you that reminds you of something you, that you did. You want to be totally free. You're going to let go of it today. Boom. The weight's gone. You know what happens to a weight when you let go of it, when you're in the middle of the ocean? It goes to the bottom. It's gone. And your hands are free. If you want to be just reminded of the power of forgiveness, I want you to stand. And I'm going to believe that God's going to liberate you completely today by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's more. Stand. Be free. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You're free today through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll wait just another second. Maybe you're standing. It's beautiful to see the power of the Holy Spirit just working in people's lives today. Just stand. Let go. The weight is going to leave and you're going to be free. You're going to be free. Just stand up as a as a natural reaction to what's happening spiritually, you're free. In fact, I want you to do this, those, you, those that are standing. In fact, everybody, because there's a lot of people who may not stand. Just take your hands, and I, I want you to go like this, and then I want you just to go boom and let it go. Let it go. It's free. Boom. As fast as the weight goes down, you and your spirit go up. You bob. You float. You've never experienced that before because you've been hanging on to that weight. Let go. Let the power of the Holy Spirit forgive you and redeem you. You know this, you know this story, John Newton. Blasphemous John. Because of a divorce of his parents, he lived a life of just sin and iniquity. And no, one hate, no one liked him. Blasphemous John followed his dad and became a sailor. He'd take ships over to the coast of Africa to get slaves and bring them back. He would sell slaves. One day he encountered a, a wave that took his friend overboard. His friend died and his heart started to soften. He got violently sick and his dad threw him down to the bottom where the slaves were and it was the slaves 
that took care of him and brought him back to health. Had an incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit. And you know what happened? He let go of the weights and he became free. Went back over to England and became a, an advocate, became a, a voice, became involved in politics to, to advocate for the end of slavery in England. Radically saved. He wrote the beautiful hymn that you all know, Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was but now was blind, but now I see. Come on, let's sing that again. Amazing grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. All oh, that will be glory for me. Glory for me. Glory for me when by his grace I shall look on his face that will be glory, be glory for me. You know why I sang that song? Oh, that will be glory for me. Because when that adulterous woman looked in the face of Jesus with his knee, knee, knee on the sand and his hand, finger in the sand writing a grace, she was confronted for the very first time of the amazing grace that John Newton experienced. Watch this, church. You don't have to get to heaven to see his face and tap into the grace. Don't forget the benefit of forgiveness and that happens when you become a worshiper. You tap into the benefit of forgiveness and mercy that's available through Jesus Christ. Oh, that will be glory for me, glory for me, glory for me. When by His grace I will look on His face, that will be glory, be pray together. Father, thank you for the beautiful, amazing grace that's available for us through Jesus Christ. God, help us to become a worshiper like David who had the ability to transcend the natural and tap into the supernatural power of worship closer he came to you, the more he saw that's available. And we want to do that today. Help us 
to live a life of worship. Thank you for the forgiveness and the mercy that's available through Jesus Christ. We receive it today, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Now, before we leave, uh, Kelly, can you, can you come here just for a moment, Kelly? Oh, we're really getting weird now. There was a, there was a couple weeks ago when I was preaching about Hagar. Hagar was fleeing a crazy situation in Genesis 16, and, and, and she was pregnant, she was an immigrant, she was rejected, and she was running. And on the road that she was running to, God confronted her and said, where have you come from and where are you going? And she says, now I know you see me. El Rohai. God who sees me. And God wants you to know today that he sees you. And he sees in you oil, diamonds, gold. And he says, I see you and you're not done yet. There's more in you, and God wants to tap all that is in you. He sees you. Others may neglect you or ignore you or forget you, but God sees you. And he says there's oil, there's gold, there's diamonds in you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to pull up all those beautiful treasures and talents that are still in you to give to others. You're not going to put them on a mantle. You're not going to just talk about the glory days. You are going to access in a new way, in a new dimension, all that is in you to give and be a blessing in your latter years. I, I, I hear the Holy Spirit say, there's greatness ahead of you, and I see you, and you're going to continue to be a blessing to other people. Tap in the diamonds and the gold and the oil that's in you today by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. I know we got. I, I know we got to go, but for, for some reason, God has just laid a couple things. Uh, Mark, Mark Kessling, and John Anderson, you got Mark. C come here just for a moment. I'm going to pray for you. I can't explain it. I don't know. I just. So Mark, my dear friend, I heard the Spirit of God say this for you today. He, he said, you have no idea what's ahead of you. You've seen God's mercy. You've seen his grace. You've seen his forgiveness. But there's no limit to what's ahead of you today. God says that there's so much potential in you and there's greatness ahead of you. I'm just reminded of the scripture, eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things that God's prepared for you. And there is greatness prepared for you. As you follow him in faith and follow him like, the, uh, like a child, he's going to open up doors. He's going to open up opportunities. He's going to open up missions. He's going to open up incredible things for you to be used as an incredible example of God's grace and God's mercy. God says you have no idea what's ahead. You have no idea what's down the road. And it's all good as you follow him. Continue to live a life of worship. Continue to live a life of humility as you continue to serve him. And he was going to reveal greatness ahead of you today. Amen. Amen. And John, I heard, the, I, heard the, I heard the Spirit of God say, tell John that I'm bringing rough pieces of wood into your workshop. And God says, tell John to be very careful and very wise what you do with the wood that I bring you. They're rough, they're scarred, 
beaten up. They've been abandoned. And God says, by his spirit, I'm bringing you pieces of wood for you to be the, the workman and the craftsman to wisely sand and groom and prepare these pieces of wood to be used in the hands of God. Tell John to be wise. Tell John to be strategic. Tell John to be very, very careful in the treasures that I bring him. Because the world has rejected them, but he says he's given you a spirit and eyes to see potential where other people have not seen it, and you're going to craft it for God's glory. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Stand, if you will, across the auditorium. Where? Where are those that condemn you? Neither do I condemn you. I pray today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that you would walk in liberty and freedom and forgiveness that's available through Jesus Christ. Go and sin no more. We'll see you next week. God bless you.